Hello and welcome to the Prison Officer Podcast. This podcast is a place to talk about the forgotten cops in this country's jails, prisons, and correctional centers. A place for me to try to make sense of a career spent working inside the fence with some of the greatest people that nobody sees or recognizes for the important job they do. In this episode, I want to talk about the rookies and the soon-to-be rookies out there. You applied for the job, you've been through the academy, and now you're working a housing unit as a correctional officer. You look around and you see a lot of other officers who seem comfortable in what they do. But how do you become a good officer? We'll start by being a good rookie. Walking into a prison for the first time will bring a lot of different emotions. And everyone is different. You may be scared or feel lost. Your newfound power may drive your ego. You may feel saddened with what you see human beings do to one another on the inside. But for a lot of people I've talked to, you mostly feel alone. You've walked into a place you don't understand. The inmates taunt you and the staff won't talk to you. You don't know the rules and you've not earned enough respect to show authority without it coming off as ego. But you are going through a rite of passage that all correctional staff go through, and how you handle it can set the tone for the rest of your career. I remember being a brand new 22-year-old officer and standing for the first time in front of a 45-year-old tattooed convict and telling him it was time to lock up. I knew that he could see right through me and was not the least bit worried about what I would do if he didn't. But I also knew there were two older officers downrange watching to see how I would handle this. Inside, I was tense and scared, and I was worried about how much the first punch was going to hurt. But on the outside, I remained calm. I continued to tell him, go to your cell. In the end, the convict decided to go in either because he was tired of me or because one of the older officers had seen what they needed and they nodded at him. I never knew which it was, but I knew that I had taken a step forward towards becoming a correctional officer. So as a new officer, how can you take these steps forward? What do you do? How do you earn respect from your fellow officers and on the yard with the inmates? I'm going to talk about what I feel are the four golden rules that will take you from being a rookie to being a solid correctional officer. Golden rule number one, learn to listen. The Greek philosopher Epictetes wrote, we have two ears and one mouth so that we can listen twice as much as we speak. Learn to listen to others. Be open to criticism and feedback as a way to improve. Sometimes it hurts to hear criticism, but take your emotions out of the mix and understand these are your opportunities to become a better correctional officer. If someone takes their time to give you constructive criticism, they're showing they care about you. They care about your career. If you show respect to that person, you'll be rewarded with their respect. But sometimes these growth opportunities come from surprising places. You know, supervising a work detail of inmates requires leadership and the ability to communicate clearly. And early in my career, I often made mistakes while running these inmate work details. I found inmates were often brutally honest about my failures or mistakes. They would remind me that I didn't have to order them every time I wanted something done. Sometimes I could just ask, and it would get done just as quick. They showed me that taking the time to provide clear direction, or even instructions on how I wanted it done, would often produce better results. And after I learned to take my feelings out of it, I soon discovered there was often some truth in their criticism. Golden rule number two, show leadership. 
A lot of the recent leadership discussions, articles, and books that I see focus on leadership abilities of integrity, commitment, passion, and the ability to inspire others. Great qualities, all necessary to be a great leader, but go back a few decades and see some of the words that are left out of today's discussions. I would like to read you a section from the book Theodore Roosevelt on Leadership, written by James M. Strzok. Strzok states that Theodore Roosevelt's approach assumes that the motivating purpose of leadership is service to others. Those aspiring to leadership should cultivate the characteristics he called character. Strzok found that Theodore Roosevelt included in there decency, morality, clean living, the faculty of treating fairly those around you, the qualities that make a man a decent husband, a decent father, and a good neighbor, a good man to deal with or work beside, and courage and common sense. He goes on to say, a determined focus on the moral aspects of leadership is not only the right thing to do, it continuously strengthens and informs the practical aspects of the leader's work, keeping him attuned to the needs and wishes of others. Duty, character, service, common sense, and respect for others. These are the basics of leadership, especially in a correctional environment. In the prisons where we work, your leadership is on display probably more than any other place. You're being watched, scrutinized, and judged, not only by the staff you work with, but by a whole inmate population. They're looking to see who you really are, not who you're trying to be. And I know, as a new officer, the tendency is to try to be seen as bigger, stronger, meaner than you really are. It is an alpha environment, and you will feel the need to prove how dominant you are. But the true test of who you are lies in the consistency of your character. I've heard it said from senior staff, if you're an asshole at home, then be an asshole at work. If you're a decent man at home, then be a decent man at work. You can't be both. And there's truth to that. One leadership word that is rarely spoken outside of the military these days is duty. Working inside with the same inmates over and over, we can forget the bigger reason we are there. We protect the public from the darkness. We are the gatekeepers of those who cannot or will not live under the laws of our land. But unlike the police officers that work outside of our walls, we rarely get to interact or see those who we serve as a public servant. Yes, my duty also includes the safety of those incarcerated, but my service is to those in the public that I protect. And my greatest duty has always been those I supervise or work beside. Too many leaders these days are ego-driven. Their decisions are based on what is best for their next promotion, not what is best for those around them. As you grow as a correctional officer, your decisions should be based on what is best for the public, your brothers and sisters inside, and the inmates you supervise. Common sense tells you that if you are respectful to those around you and a decent person to those who count on you, you will succeed as a leader. I want to take a moment, and I read earlier from Theodore Roosevelt on leadership. It's one of my favorite leadership books. And this book, as well as others, can be found in the Correctional Leadership Library on the Prison Officer Podcast page. If you haven't been there, you can visit it at www.theprisonofficer.com. I have created a section there to highlight some of my favorite leadership books, as well as many books suggested to me by some of my mentors. If you see a book you like, click the Amazon affiliate link to order, and your purchase will support www.theprisonofficer.com. So let's move on to golden rule number three, 
be where the inmates are. A captain at Ozark Correctional Center gave me this advice. I wasn't a rookie, but I was new to the institution. I was tasked with helping a senior officer do some escorts to medical from the little seg unit they had there. Shortly into doing the escorts, the senior officer made himself scarce, letting the new guy finish. No problem. I went about my task, and when I finished, I reported back to the captain's office for further instructions. I asked where he wanted me next, and without looking up, he asked, where are most of the inmates at right now? I, I thought for a second, and I said, probably on the yard, Captain. Still not looking up, he replied, then be where the inmates are. At first, I thought this was a little rude, until I realized the simplicity of it. Most of what we do is be where the inmates are. Whether it's main line, yard, pill line, whatever, be where the inmates are. There are no inmates in your office, the break room, or whatever quiet place you might have found. Staying in those places may be quiet and comfortable, but you are letting others do your work. You are letting inmates do as they please, probably making weapons, doing drugs, and whatever they can get away with while your eyes are not on them. A good officer will always be where the inmates are. So number three is a great rule for rookies. Be where the inmates are. Golden rule number four, reputation. Martin Luther King said, The ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands in times of challenge and controversy. Once you put on that uniform and you walk into that prison, you will have a thousand eyes on you. They will be looking at how you walk, how you talk, how you look, but mostly they will be looking to see if you do what you say. Do you follow up? Can you be trusted? But mostly they want to know if you have integrity. You are going to have a chance to show your integrity almost every day in corrections. It may be as small as being on time for your relief or as big as sitting in a courtroom testifying under oath. For many of the inmates and staff I worked with at Missouri State Penn, my integrity test came during a large brawl on the baseball diamond. Working the lower yard, we already had several fights that day, and a lot of the regular yard officers were escorting inmates to segregation. To this day, I do not know what started it, but in the blink of an eye, both softball teams and a couple of dozen other inmates began going at it. I heard the yard sergeant make the call of 1049 on the lower yard, but I was already en route to the fight. I ended up running right into the middle of quite a fight. I began to deploy my OC spray and was giving orders to break it up. I was surrounded by inmates and could not see any other staff. Luckily, the inmates were not interested in me. I tried to back out the way I'd came, but it was now blocked, and I knew I needed to get back out of the melee and try to make a path by spraying OC. You know, things were pretty crazy right then, but as I was turning, looking, trying to find a hole in the crowd, for some reason I noticed an inmate that had been my orderly standing outside of the crowd yelling for the other inmates to break up. I don't know why I noticed it at that moment, but it struck me that he was not fighting. He was trying to stop the fight. That moment passed, and I found a hole in the crowd just as the cavalry showed up. We spent the rest of the night locking up more than two dozen inmates, clearing the yard, packing property, visual searches, medical assessments, all the stuff no one knows that a prison officer really does. The next day, I reported to work as normal, but during the roll call, I was assigned to cover the SEG unit. It was evening watch, so we started the shift by counting and feeding. I was feeding when I noticed the next to the last cell had the same inmate orderly I noticed during the fight. 
I asked him why he was in there, and he said he was picked up during the roundup of fighters last night. He told me that he was not involved in the fight at all. He even tried to get them to quit fighting so they wouldn't get the ball field shut down. As I walked away, I couldn't help but remember what I'd seen the night before. He wasn't fighting when I saw him. I decided later to ask the sergeant about what I'd heard and seen, and he blew me off and said, even if he wasn't fighting, he probably did something wrong. I looked at the logs, and the inmate was locked up for fighting. I asked the sergeant again, and this time he was clearly irritated with me as he said, if you like this inmate so much, go tell the captain your story. To tell the truth, I had no like or dislike for this inmate, but I did know what was right and what was wrong, and this seemed wrong. I slept on it another night before I decided I'd tell the captain the next day after roll call. As you can imagine, the captain was overjoyed with my honesty and my willingness to help get an inmate out of SEG. And if you have a hard time noticing sarcasm, that was sarcasm. The captain didn't seem to care one way or the other. He asked me if I was sure of what I saw and told me if I was sure to go tell the sergeant to kick the inmate back to his house and out of SEG. You would think I'd feel good about this, right? I'd done the right thing, but now I had to walk into that housing unit in front of my peers. That was a long shift that night. I was called names. My loyalty was questioned. I was shunned. But I did my job, and I did what I believed to be right. The inmate told me thank you as I escorted him out of SEG that night. He was scared, probably of being labeled a snitch, and neither of us said anything more about it. Matter of fact, I don't think we ever even spoke again while I worked there. The next night was different, though. When I stood the yard during recreation, I began to notice that several inmates who hadn't spoke to me before spoke to me. Hey, what's up, boss? How you doing tonight, boss? I was a little puzzled until one of the Muslim leaders said, that was a good thing you did for that kid as he walked by. They had noticed that I had some integrity, that I was willing to stand up for what was right. Later that night, I even spoke to a couple of the older officers who told me not to worry about what had been said the night before. They told me there would be some officers that would keep it going, but most officers and inmates prefer staff that are honest. Keep being honest. 29 years in, and I have always found that to be true. Be honest and protect your integrity at all costs, because once it's lost, you're never going to get it back. Well, that's it for today's episode. If you are a rookie, I hope these four golden rules help you in your new career. Learn to listen. Show leadership. Be where the inmates are and protect your reputation. If you have been doing this a while, help the rookies. I never understood those staff who said, I'm not helping that rookie, they won't listen. Some of the new staff are hard to work with. They won't listen. But inside those fences, we're all on the same team. Make it the best team you can, even if you have to work a lot harder to make that rookie a better officer. If you haven't done so already, check out the Prisoner Officer Podcast on Facebook and click that little follow button or leave us a message and if you're listening to us on apple podcast google or spotify click the subscribe button visit us on the web at www.theprisonofficer.com till next time i'm mike cantrell watch your back and please take care of each other out there behind those walls